It's the Beyond the Berm podcast. Welcome to Beyond the Berm, our podcast about Disney and more. From the present, I am Steve, and joining me from the past, because he's two time zones behind me, is Matt. Hello, Matt. Hello, Steve. How are things back there in the past? I know, isn't that weird? <laughs> I, always, I always like that, you know, New Year's comes along and you always hear, you know, oh, it's a new day, it's a new year or whatever, and, mm-hmm. and you know, the countries that are nearer the international date line on the other side of the world. and right. Seems so weird. I know that it's arbitrary. We're just mm-hmm. telling nature that it's a certain time, but it always is so funny that another country's a year ahead of time. Yeah. So. Yes, I'm in the past. <laughs> Living in the past. Not a bad place is to it, be sometime. You said you were in the present. I'm in the present. Well, for, from, for from my point of reference, yes. I think you're in the future. I'm in the future. <laughs> Everything is relative. Maybe that Einstein guy was onto something here. I don't know. <laughs> time is relative. Well, we got deep all of a sudden, didn't we? We did. <laughs> I, I guess I need to say, uh, what, Happy Halloween, Happy Thanksgiving, yes. happy, Merry Christmas, yes. and Happy New Year? I think a lot has happened since we were last here. <laughs> <laughs> which is which is okay, but yes, it's it's been a busy time, so. Well, it's, it's funny, you and I, before we, we get on this, we were talking about, you know, TV seasons and and how you know sometimes they don't hew to any particular schedule. That is us. We yes. do not hew to any particular schedule. No. If you're waiting for our hundredth episode, who knows how long you'll be waiting? <laughs> <laughs> it could be a while. It could not be. We don't know. So we just do them when we can get to them. So, so what have you been oh, up to in, um, in the interim? Yes. Um, well, I, uh, I, I I get in there first. Okay, <laughs> I, I wake up in the morning and I and I go to work and uh, <laughs> been up to about eleven o'clock most nights. Uh, does that answer the question? What have I been up to? Hmm. Well, we we had Christmas. Uh, it was a nice, relaxing Christmas. We spent it. We spent a lot of time at home for Christmas, which was nice. Uh, no, no Florida trip this year, which. Is good and bad. We we kind of missed it since we had gone last year, but in a way we were okay being here. Um, so family time. Some family came into town. My sister and her family came into town, and we did not go see any movies. I had this plan that we would go see all these movies that are out: Coco, um, Thor, and the Star Wars movie, and maybe even the Greatest Showman. And we haven't seen anything, so we're getting kind of lazy. We're loving wow. our time at home here. Um, wow. I, I, I'm in a in a way I feel like I'm missing out because we haven't seen them yet, but in a way it's like, oh well, they'll be on Blu ray soon enough. Thor I was just seeing it comes out in, in sometime in March. I saw that today. Um so yeah, if we if we don't catch it at the second run theater, I guess we'll we'll catch them sometime. We saw Thor twice. Okay. We've seen The Last Jedi once. Okay. Haven't seen Coco. Haven't seen Greatest Showman. Okay. Any any reviews without giving away too many spoilers of the ones that you did see? Oh, love Thor. Okay. Um, 
it it was funny it was it was uh it was good too i mean action-packed and stuff it, mm-hmm. it was i was looking forward to it based on all the previews and everything um and it didn't disappoint i mean we we went and saw it a second time which you know you pay movie theater prices yeah for a second time you must like it so. right cool um last jedi i i did not dislike it mm-hmm. um but I didn't feel the need to spend theater prices to go see it a second time. Right. So. Okay. Um, it's funny. A lot of stuff that is written online with sort of the reviews and stuff is sort of how I feel about the movie. So, mm-hmm. it's, I, you know, if you're avoiding spoilers, don't read any of those. Okay. But, um, <laughs> I haven't actually. Uh, I've been avoiding those. Uh, it's interesting. It wasn't. It wasn't a bad movie, mm-hmm. and you know. I, I guess he, I don't actually don't know how he pronounces his name. Ryan is that? I guess not how he pronounces. That's, that's it? what we'll call him. Yes, <laughs> that's how he pronounces it right here when he's beyond the berm. Um, you know, uh, the the director and writer, you know, mm-hmm. went through and and uh, you know has been explaining a lot of these scenes that people have been questioning. I guess, okay. and you know, his explanations makes sense i i understand where he's coming from mm-hmm. um unfortunately if it was that unclear in the movie and that many points that are sort of unclear in the movie that maybe it wasn't the best constructed movie in right. that sense that's just so. what, what i was going to say or what i was thinking yeah was, if you have to explain it then hmm. so you know unfortunately i i think that that was somewhat the problem it wasn't a bad movie visually it was great you mm-hmm. know great great soundtrack um you know mostly characters you love i guess yeah um, okay some of them with more screen time than others mm-hmm. um so I, I i don't know i mean i'm interested to see where they're gonna conclude the series yeah um and i am also i guess curious not necessarily in a good way now about um him being handed a, a trilogy star wars trilogy of his own mm-hmm. after uh, episode nine concludes so right his mm. stuff wasn't bad and i kind of felt like some of the stuff that he put into this episode um sort of will help him in his future mm-hmm. plans okay but it just seems weird in a sense Again, without giving too much away since you haven't seen it. Right, right. Um, it, it seems kind of weird that you knew that this was going to be a trilogy, and you knew this trilogy was going to tie to two previous trilogies, mm-hmm. but yet they didn't have apparently any overarching plan for how these three movies were going to fit together. Okay. So J.J. Abrams did his thing, mm-hmm. then he handed it off to Ryan Johnson, who did his own thing. Mm-hmm. And maybe those two things didn't mesh, and now it's going back to J.J. Abrams, who will decide which thing he wants to do. So okay. I kind of wish that they were a little more cohesive in a sense. Right. That um, that's been interesting to me, and and with without knowing too much about it, 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 too much about the process, even it's been interesting that that they have completely different people doing the first episode and the second episode of, of this trilogy, and. Wondering, you know, who's really in charge, who's really guiding the whole thing. Because, you know, in, in the old days, it was kind of like that. But you always had George Lucas there as, as the 
as the overall guide of, of what right. was going on, who kind of came up with the story and then passed it on to the writers who wrote the script and all. So I kind of wonder, is there someone like that now that, that's watching over it all? Or well, not. you know, right. I mean, you look at the Marvel series mm-hmm. and you're t- talking about that this is going to be like this sort of a 22 episode arc, you know, of all these movies. And they're all put together by different directors and different writers and stuff. But Kevin, here it goes, my pronunciation mm-hmm. for a second name, Fige. Okay. Fige. I think um, I think it's actually two syllables, but I'm not sure. Uh, okay. Okay. But um, whatever. Kevin. The, the head yes, Marvel Kevin. Guy. We'll yes. call him Kevin. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Marvel. He, I think has sort of been the glue that's held it together and said, okay, well you're going to do your thing, but we need this little nugget for this and, and that for continuity sake. Mm -hmm. And I kind of feel like those 22 movies have held together and you take this trilogy and I don't feel like the two movies have held together and it'd be interesting to see what comes next, I guess. Yeah. And then there's there's all kind of rumors going around about the the Han Solo movie coming out next year. Right? Is it going to be bad? Is it going to be a flop? Is it? Which I think it's too early to tell, and people are just trying to stir things up right now. But um, I don't know. Maybe they know more than I know about it. But I'll just wait and see about that one too. You know, Force Awakens came out, and I thought it was a good movie. I thought it was very redundant of A New Hope, mm-hmm. but I thought it was a good movie. Um, and then you, because of that, that you know, you kind of had that reaction. People were sort of doom and gloom about Rogue One, mm-hmm. and then you heard, you know, they had to do reshoots and this and that, and that wound up being a good movie. Yeah. So, you know, I, I I'm not sure that the doom and gloom was necessary per se, but mm-hmm. um, you had that. But now it's a situation where they kind of went into this one, and it was poorly received in a sense. I mean. Or whatever, a six hundred million dollar domestic <laughs> movie can be poorly received. I guess. Right. Right. Um, so yeah, so that puts the doom and gloom back on Han Solo because mm-hmm. they also had director problems and whatnot. So I mean, it's interesting to see. It's right. I think, you know, we've talked about this in the past. You know, with Disney, it's like Disney is not necessarily the company that it once was, and not necessarily the company that we want it to be. And Star Wars is much the same way. It's this is not your Uncle George's Star mm-hmm. Wars anymore. Um, well, you you brought up an interesting point too about how everyone's saying, or not everyone, but a lot of people are saying that that is not that successful. It hasn't done that well, and yet it's made, like you said, five hundred, six hundred million dollars. It was the even though it came out the last two weeks of the year, it was the top grossing movie for the year. So. Yeah, I, I, I kind of scratch my head at that and say, well, what do you have to do to be a good movie? If, right. if, you're, if you're raking in all the money, I don't know. What what more do you want? Yeah, it's interesting. You know, it's, I don't know. I Like I said, I didn't hate it. It mm-hmm. wasn't, it wasn't bad. Right. I had a lot of issues with it. It's narrative was kind of all over the place in a sense. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I, I think, you know, when we left, you know, Kathy asked me, you know, what do you think? And I said, I don't know. I'm still processing. Yeah. It. I mean, it wasn't like, I mean, I remember after Force Awakens, I was applauding at the end of it. And wow, that was really good. And we actually went back to see that one again. And IMAX, we saw this one in IMAX also because we enjoyed Force Awakens so much. But, mm-hmm. um, 
you know, we went back to IMAX specifically again because, you know, we wanted to see it in that format again because the sound was great and the visuals were great and this and that. And then, you know, I came out of this and it's like, well, I'm still processing and I don't need to see it again until, <laughs> you know, I'll buy it on Blu-ray and I'll watch it that way. But I, it was not anything that was like, wow, that was great. I need to go see that again. Yeah. And and for me, for a Star Wars movie, that's really rare. Mm-hmm. Um wasn't a bad film it just and i can't say it wasn't what i was expecting because i don't not quite sure what i was expecting but (laughs) right um it felt like i ate a meal and i was full afterwards but it didn't leave me wanting more like wow that was the best thing i've ever eaten and i can't wait to have that again Mm -hmm. i I didn't leave the restaurant with that feeling so to speak okay that's Uh, a good analogy Well, and moving on, like you said, you were talking about the movies, yeah, kind of the quality or whatever type of thing. We didn't go see Coco because we weren't sure kind of what to expect from it because Pixar has been mm-hmm. a little duddy of late and right. it kind of soured us on wanting to go see Coco in the theater. And yet I've heard great things mm-hmm. about it from a lot, a lot of people. Right. And I, I'm. I don't know if I'm kicking myself, but I, I guess it would have been cool to have gone in and seen it, you know, when it was on the biggest screens that opening week and, right. and all that. I know it's still in the theaters, but uh, we didn't go see it when it was, you know, prime time. But mm-hmm. And part of that, you know, we did, you know, you mentioned going to the theaters. We did see Cars 3 on Blu-ray over the holidays. Right. And it was this. Have you seen that? Yes. Yeah, we saw it. And just thought, mm, all right. <laughs> I mean, that kind of confirmed how we were feeling about some of right. the direction that Pixar seemed to be going. Mm-hmm. And so we sort of, eh, all right. And then here Coco comes out and it's supposed to be good and we didn't see it. So right. we used to see every Pixar <laughs> because it was it, it set the bar. Every mm-hmm. picture was better than the one before, it seemed, you know. And, and I don't feel that way about Pixar anymore. Yeah. Well, as it turns out, how we've seen a lot of the recent movies is is on Blu-ray. We uh, we we didn't see Cars three in theater. We saw it on Blu-ray. We didn't see Spider-Man: Homecoming in the theater. We saw it on Blu-ray. Jalen has has seen several of them. He he's even seen The Last Jedi in the theater, uh, but we haven't. So, and in in many ways, I'm okay with that, um, except for. The the little bit of disappointment, not major, but a little bit of disappointment of not seeing it right when it comes out. You know, they're right. seeing it when it's brand new, when everybody else is seeing it and they're all talking about it. And then we wait until it comes out on Blu-ray. Um, but in other ways, it, it has its advantages. And we've talked about that before, too. So um, I don't know if we're, we're getting old and set in our ways and like being home and not getting out. And I don't know. It's just the way our life is going right now, I guess. Sure. I mean, some sometimes that's it. And mm-hmm. I know that these things, you know, aren't, you know, we're, we're, we're not the advertising demographic anymore. Right. We're not the, you know, I, I know that part of it's getting older. But for me, you know, it's a complaint about how much money I have to spend. If I'm going to spend my hard-earned money in a theater, I want somebody to sort of drag me to it with something great. Mm-hmm. It's something that I can just enjoy at home. Right. You know, because I've rented it from red box and don't need to see it again after that i'd, I'd rather spend a dollar fifty for you know a night of a, a movie that the three of us watch at home versus you know 
twenty dollars a pop for tickets mm-hmm. and then popcorn and drinks and everything on top of it in the movie theater if the experience isn't going to be there. Right. It's always kind of disappointing when you've spent all that money to go see a movie and then you think, well, that wasn't all that good. You know, why? Yeah. Why did I spend my money on that? So. I don't know. We have our tickets for Black Panther already. Cool. So. Yeah. Looking forward to that. I I don't know. I don't know if the upcoming movies grab me as much either. Mm-hmm. Um, Mary Poppins Returns. Right. I, I don't know. You know. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know enough about that one to to really form a a, a um I don't know the word I'm looking for an opinion before even seeing it, which I try not to do anyway, but. I don't know how I feel about it prior to seeing it even right now. I'm seeing a picture from it that they had on their one of their email things the other day. Um, right. But that's really all I've seen about that. Um, you know, I'm Black Panther, mm-hmm. Avengers Infinity War, right. I, I'm into. Um, I like The Incredibles, mm-hmm. so I'm willing to give Incredibles 2 a chance. Right. Um, Ralph Breaks the Internet. Yeah. Uh, we've sort of talked about that. Right. Which we watched Wreck It Ralph the other day because it was on Disney Channel or something, and, and it was good. I mean, it was yeah, it's a good movie. It was I enjoyable. Just not sure yeah. that that one needed right. a, a, a sequel per se. Mm-hmm. So. They they have. I was looking at their lineup and in their promotional email that they sent out to everybody that's on their email list. I guess. And and they have the potential to do really well at the box office this year with a lot of movies that could potentially do really well um, if they are made well. So I guess that's what remains to be seen. But are they, and we've talked about this before too, are they relying too heavily on sequels and and remakes and all? One that's intriguing, and I don't know that I want to see it, I have not read the book, although Chelsea has, is A Wrinkle in Time. Right. Um, I, I this is gonna sound weird, but I I not sure that I like the marketing being on Oprah Winfrey's character. Mm-hmm. I mean, she is front and present on everything. Right. You know? Let's have it on. Presumably, like I said, I haven't read the book. Presumably, the girl is really the mm-hmm. the main character, and she seems to sort of be subjugated to the background a bit. Right. Um, it's almost like they're going after the parent audience this time instead of the, yeah, the yeah, child audience. Hmm. Um, well, we mentioned the Han Solo movie, mm-hmm. so I will probably go see that. You know, I, I hope it's decent, but I will probably go see that. Right. One that I hadn't heard about before recent when they, they started their promotion is The Nutcracker in the Four Realms. Right. So kind of took me by surprise. I saw the uh, preview for that during the Christmas parade broadcast. And that was really the first I'd seen about it. I I don't think we'd be going to see that one in the theater probably just based on the little bit that I saw of it, but who knows. I thought we would go see some of the others that we haven't gone to see, so who knows what we're going to do. <laughs> we're unpredictable these days. No, I predict you're going to stay at home and watch everything on Blu-ray. No, it's probably a safe prediction right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, once once football season ended, uh, we, we really tried to cut back on going places as much as we could. Not not that we just don't do anything and stay home all the time, but you know, it's, it's nice to be home sometimes. 
Sure. When when you spent the whole almost first semester of school not being home, it's like, well, let's just stay home. So maybe with the right. winter weather and all, we'll start to get stir crazy and start going places or something. Well, as we as we you know transition from street Disney, mm-hmm. um, the the big elephant in the room of yes. sorts is the the Fox acquisition. What? That, hadn't heard anything about that. <laughs> what? No, I hadn't heard that. What? Um, Must well, have. not having heard it, and me just <laughs> telling you, you have twelve seconds to come up with your thoughts on what you think about Disney <laughs> buying most of the Fox Corporation. Right. Well, my thoughts are the the primary reason that's driving it, I believe, and it's kind of been hinted at. I don't think they've said it officially, but I, I think what's really driving it is their new streaming service that they're starting up uh, right. so that they can have so many more movies to, to and TV shows and whatever else to stream on that service. Uh, Content I, is king. Yes, and so I think that's that's the biggest thing driving the purchase, of course, it will it will help to control the the uh, X Men rights too, um, and have more of that under under their Marvel control. Um, so, I don't think that's the the biggest part of it, though. And and they'll also have all all the rights to the original Star Wars movies, the first trilogy. Um, so th- there are a lot of benefits to it, but I think I think the biggest one is the movie and TV library. All right. Which there are some some interesting things in there. Some of them are great. Uh, some of them don't really, to me, seem to fit the whole Disney paradigm. The Simpsons come to mind, uh, right. right off. So, and and there's an, it's kind of funny. There's another property that Universal Studios in Florida uh, has has bet big on, and so even if Disney wanted to do something with that in Florida, they couldn't because once again, Universal beat them to it before they bought it. So. And they're out here at Hollywood as well. Okay, yeah. Uh, I think, I I guess primarily I'm happy that Disney is going to acquire somebody else than somebody else is going to acquire Disney. Right. So, I mean, if, if there's a consolidation in the media industry, I guess I prefer it in that direction. Mm-hmm. Um. I think it makes sense, you know, you mentioned, you know, getting the original Star Wars movies mm-hmm. back, getting the right to a, a number, a vast number of the other Marvel properties that mm-hmm. they had jettisoned, Fantastic or Fantastic Four and X-Men, right. and among others. Um, certainly works in their favor. That's that's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, even Avatar, right. I thought, was interesting. I could see them sort of bringing that into the Disney umbrella. Mm-hmm since they have that in the parks. Right. Um, But then I think in a way where it does work is if they leverage this Fox content to be like their old kind of touchstone in Hollywood pictures Mm -hmm. because they sort of stepped away from the more adult side of some of their offerings. Um, If they use Fox like that, it, it makes sense. Right. But like you said, you know, some of the existing properties that are already there, you know, it, yeah, I mean, The Simpsons is is a strange one to incorporate into the families of sorts mm-hmm. um there are, there are other properties as well that it, i don't know it, it will be interesting to see and then will you know we're talking about going to the theater you know will they still have as much new stuff produced mm-hmm. under the fox banner 
And how, how does that get spaced out where maybe movies would have competed a little closer? How do you space those out so everybody sort of gets some time in the sun, so to speak? Right. I thought it was interesting. One one of the the news stories, of course, it's it's all subject to uh, government um, approval and all. To see if they're right. if if they're creating a monopoly or controlling too much of the market, and and they keep bringing that up, saying they may be controlling uh, a large majority of the the motion picture and television business. And I'm you know, thinking, you know, I wonder how Paramount and and Warner Brothers and Universal and Sony, I wonder how they feel uh, when they hear that. Like, hey, right. you know, don't forget about us. We're doing good business over here too. So, I think I read something like it. You know, Fox and Disney would have been forty percent of the box office this year. Okay, and that's a that's a good chunk. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. but I know Fox has you know kind of their own animation unit type of stuff. That mm-hmm. that one would be an is- interesting one to see how that incorporates in. Do you still have that? Do you shut that down? Right. Or? It'll be interesting to see um, if if they kind of run it in a hands-off kind of manner, if they keep it kind of a separate company and, right. and let them do their own thing, or if they try to, to integrate it all. Um, and I, I think I get the impression, at least, that, that they kind of do that with, with Lucasfilm and, and with Pixar. But... They're, they're, uh, the Disney management, upper management, are still involved with the decisions that are made, uh, the major ones, at, at those companies. So, um, I don't know. It it will be interesting to see how that all plays out if, if the deal does actually go through. Which I'm, I'm not opposed to the deal going through. I don't have any problems with it. It's just interesting to see what might happen. I think it's also interesting, you know, that... Bob Iger, I think, is is a good person to lead such a huge, massive company type mm-hmm. of thing. But I know he's been, you know, angling to get out for a while and then keeps extending his contract. Right. Um, I sort of wonder how that plays out from a management level, too. Is I mean, if they haven't really found a successor for him for Disney as of such, mm-hmm. you know, is there such a person that can take over and even a Disney bigger. Fox company? Yeah. yeah. That's a good question. From a sports standpoint, they get some of the regional Fox mm-hmm. networks, right. um, which was interesting because years ago when Disney bought the Ducks and, and bought the Angels, mm-hmm. they were looking to start a regional sports network, and they kind of got uh, not out-hustled, but I think Fox sort of beat them to the punch, right. and it was it wouldn't have been profitable to have had multiple sports regional sports network so they bowed out then they sold the ducks and the angels because it didn't fit in their plan anymore Mm -hmm. now now here they are kind of getting back into it yeah getting back into the regional sports network and you know can't remember how much they sold the angels for for you know a couple hundred million dollars that much now it's worth (laughs) 1.7 billion or something it's like oh if you just held on to that Assets are funny like that. Yes. Never can predict with certainty what what they're going to do in the future. 
you know, it takes us back to our whole, you know, one of our earliest podcasts. What makes Disney Disney? Mm-hmm. You know, Avatar, you know, has a land at Walt Disney World, but the first movie wasn't Disney. But if Disney buys Fox, then the second and third <laughs> and however many sequels will be Disney. Right. Does that make Avatar Disney? Star Wars wasn't really Disney for the first three and then the first six, but then for seven and eight. But now the first one, which one? I don't know which one's Disney. <laughs> I, I used to tell Jalen when we were at, at in Florida, and I don't remember why it came up now, but I would, I would tell him. I think he was he was wanting to buy Star Wars action figures while we were at, at Hollywood Studios. And I would say, you know, they they sell the same thing at, at Walmart and Target for, right, for less money. Right. For a lot said, less, you, right. You can save your money and, and get it there. And I said, and, and Star Wars isn't Disney. He said, it's not, but it's but it's there. I said, I know, but they don't really own it. They just license it. And then, of course, a couple, <laughs> a couple of years later, they bought it. And so I said, well, I've got to change that now. <laughs> you can still buy the same action figures at Target and Walmart, but but it is a Disney company now. So what else has been going on? Anything exciting? You weren't at Disneyland for the big power outage. We were not oh, there. We were cool. blacked out because of our passes. <laughs> a blackout um, with a blackout, is... yeah. <laughs> blackout with a blackout, that's right. Uh, I think this is our, our second year that we've been blacked out. Although last year I did have the premiere pass for both parts, so I could have gone mm-hmm. during the Christmas holidays, but Kathy and Chelsea could not have. Um. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it was crazy busy still. And that's why we, we tend to not go those two weeks. Mm-hmm. And that's why we don't buy the pass that includes it. Because who needs to be there when it's wall-to-wall people? Right. And it must have been super crazy with the power outage I on bet. top of it. Yeah. So. You know, we- I know that that they had uh, the Run Disney Marathon mm-hmm. weekend at Walt Disney World. And people were i guess it was just craziness because you get all these runners that are there on top of all the people who had the extended christmas break mm. because of the way that new year's lined up right. and kids were out of school and yeah it's so many people i mean it's just it's crazy to to think of how the attendance has really surged at these theme parks mm-hmm. because i remember not too long ago where they were so desperate for people right. and they're offering so many promotions to get people in and now it's just it's just crazy busy Mm -hmm. you know we had gone the week between christmas and new year's a couple of times 2000 i forget the dates now 2008 2010 maybe i don't know some sometime back there Uh, and uh it was just so so crazy busy that week and finally said we just can't go back that week it's it's too crowded too many people And, and i saw reports uh, this this year, this holiday season, where they were closing different parks on on the the days in between Christmas and New Year because they they reached capacity um, right. re- relatively early in the day. Like, boy, I'm glad we didn't go right now, the week between Christmas and New Year's. So it it yeah. to me it just gets to be where it's it's almost not fun anymore when there's that many people. And I and I wonder to what degree. It's busy because everybody's there, or what degree it's busy because people aren't in line anymore mm-hmm. with, uh, you know, the fast pass situation that they created. Is right. it are more people there, or 
are people just not standing in line as they advertise and mm -hmm. milling around and just making kind of the public areas feel busier because they're not being absorbed into these lines. Unless you're in the four-hour standby line in Pandora. I know, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Or I think one day between Christmas and New Year, it was like five or six hours. You go that park, you ride two rides, and it's time to go home. Crazy. And that's the that's the crazy thing too, though. I mean, yeah. I remember not many, you know, not long ago the the Seven Dwarfs Mine Train was that way. Mm -hmm. So it's like it's Disney has to keep producing new attractions to, that everybody has to go on and spend you know hours in line, but. That also means that Disney parks are constantly under construction mm -hmm. and reconstruction. And, uh, you know, out here at Disneyland, they're, I, I know that they're starting to put up construction walls. They're going to be redoing the entire track uh, down Main Street. Mm -hmm. They've repaired and replaced portions in the past, but they're going to do the entire Main Street. Um, which hopefully, they still do it in sections, but that's just crazy. You know, those walls that go up. Right. Um they just got done, you know, redoing parts of California Adventure, and then they're going to redo them again to theme them to Pixar. So all mm -hmm. of the Paradise Pier area is going to be, you know, rethemed, and it's just, it, it's crazy that it's busy all the time, mm -hmm. and or there's construction all the time, right? And yet that construction drives the busyness, and yeah. then the busyness makes them have to do construction. <laughs> so it's just. That's what crazy. That's what I was going to say. They they've really done a good job with, and I don't know if it's design, you know, attraction design, or just in marketing, or what it is uh, about creating all these new things that people wait for hours and hours for if you don't get a fast pass for it, like the Seven Dwarfs Mine Train that you mentioned, or the the Frozen Ride in in Epcot, or right. or now all the Pandora stuff. So, um, they're doing quite well with that and and bringing in people who have to go do the new thing. And um, I guess they're to be commended for that because that keeps bringing in the business. Even when it's something somewhat um, minor, I guess, you could say, like like the Frozen Ride, which I haven't seen, by the way, but everything that I've seen about it says, you know, it's it's not your big e-ticket attraction, and you've said that too from, right. from your time on it. But still, people line up for hours for it. Maybe not quite as much now, but... They did for a couple of years. It makes going to the park not as much fun. And maybe, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, we've been often enough um, because of our annual passes. It makes going to the park not as much fun. Mm -hmm. um, but yet, you know, we still like going. We still want to go. I mean, I miss the old... California adventure that nobody ever went to. That mm -hmm. was, we, we greatly enjoyed Chelsea was a baby. We greatly enjoyed nobody being there. Right. Um, the last time we went, it was really busy. Uh, and, and from a business standpoint, that's great. It should be really busy mm -hmm. all the time, but, um, it just, it, it and I, I'm not complaining. It's just, it, it just seems crazy that so many people, go the way that they do yeah i mean i you know i tell people you know that i've had an annual pass forever and i, I mean we used to you know take our our 
pictures in a little trailer, you know, off to the side entrance of Disneyland, mm-hmm. and they'd laminate our thing, and we'd be <laughs> the only ones in this little trailer. And you know, the thought of having an annual pass back in the late '80s, early '90s was like unheard of. I mean, people thought that you were whack yeah. for wanting to go. And now I'm, at, you know, at least here in Southern California, I mean, everybody mm-hmm. has an annual pass. I mean, at Kathy's school, I don't know how many other teachers have it. And it's, it's, it's strange because, I mean, Kathy had it since we've been dating. But it's just strange that all these other teachers mm-hmm. even just have annual passes. And it's just like, I mean, it's like having a driver's license. It's just something you get. And, well, it's, it's like here, you know, back when we started going, and really through most of the 80s, uh, going to Walt Disney World, not that many people from around here went. And, and now there are several here in, in this area who have annual passes to Walt Disney World. You know, we're a 15-hour car ride or a four-hour flight away, and uh, lots of people here have. And, and somebody's always going. You see it on Facebook or on whatever, or people from church are always going. Or uh, It's just so much different than it was 30 or 35 years ago when it looked like they were about to die out, I guess, and then... Now it's the thing to do. Yeah, I mean, that was just it. We were talking about, you know, Disney selling their sports teams, you know, because the assets weren't worth much then, but they are now. I mean, I remember all these financial out- analysts were always like, oh, Disney should spin off its theme park mm-hmm. division and sell it outright. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it seems to be quite a driver of, I don't know, profit, but I mean, there's certainly, you know, it tunes people into the Disney brand at right. the very, very least, but. I have to imagine their operating profit must be pretty good, yeah. except for except for the fact that they have to keep reinvesting to build new rides for people to stand in line in. <laughs> right. I wonder what it would be like if they ever got to the point where they said, well, I think we're done. We've built everything and we're going to build. <laughs> <laughs> There's no more imagination yep. left in the world. Yep. <laughs> This is it. Enjoy it. (laughs) Bye-bye. I, you know, it's funny and and we, we, I've talked about this plenty of times before. I don't dislike Disneyland. I love going there and Mm -hmm. it still feels wonderful, but you know, there's more and more of a desire just to, maybe we don't get the annual passes like we keep talking about and still keep buying them, but maybe we don't get them and we go to Japan for a week every other year Mm -hmm. or something. And those those parks are cool. It was fun to go to, and they're busy too. Right. But um, they they didn't feel as overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Well, and there's a novelty to seeing something new and different too. Yeah, but yeah, no, I I enjoyed that. I mean, we've talked about you know I I'd love to get back to Disneyland Paris. Mm-hmm. I heard it's the most beautiful of all the Disney parks, even though. You know, not everybody cares for either the attraction lineup or. Mm-hmm. Maybe the cast members aren't quite what they refer to as Disney sometimes, but it looks like a beautiful park. And I'd I'd love to go and do the the run Disney thing there, but the timing doesn't work for us there. Right. We thought thought about going to Shanghai. Mm -hmm. Um, Less so Hong Kong, though it looks like it could be pretty cool too, but... I think if we were going to go that far out, we'd probably knock off Hong Kong and Shanghai at the same time. Probably stop off at Tokyo (laughs) one more time, too. (laughs) If you're going that far, you might as well hit them all. Yeah, right. (laughs) 
you know, it's the future after all, yes. right? Yes. It's closer to the international dateline exactly. than I am, so. Well, have you been watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. since it has returned? I haven't. We watched I, the first episode since the return. Okay. But we just have them all on our, our DVR and mm -hmm. haven't really had a chance to sit down and watch them. So have you enjoyed it this season? It, it has gotten better as it has gone along. I think uh, okay. the last two episodes that I have seen, which are the last two that have aired before tomorrow night, this is a Thursday when we're recording this, uh, the last two have been the best so far, in, in my opinion. I enjoyed them uh, the most. But uh, it, it's been a little more... Um, intense maybe you could say a little more uh action oriented what's going to happen next kind of stuff and kind of going in a different direction with being in, in outer space and all in the future speaking of in the future uh they really are so uh, it it's i've enjoyed it it was uh after after the inhumans i thought well i wonder what agents of shield are going to do but and, and it has been good so I, I'm looking forward to the finishing out the season and seeing what happens. I, I don't quite know how it's doing rating-wise, yeah. especially on a, on a Friday evening, which has mm -hmm. been more of the kiss of death for scripted programs. But um, you know, the chatter that I've heard is that they may renew Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., mm -hmm. um, probably not renewing Inhumans, which I don't think would be a surprise. Right. And then I also heard that they don't have any new Marvel pilots mm -hmm. for ABC at all. So if Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. goes away, no more Marvel properties on ABC. Although they are on plenty of the streaming platforms. Right, so. right. Yeah, I haven't I haven't watched... Uh, um, is it Fox that has one? A, a Marvel show as well? I haven't watched that one. Yeah. Um, I've watched some of the Netflix shows. Um yeah, there's so many. I, yeah. I I haven't even kept track. I mean, mm -hmm. there's the Runaways, yeah, which right. I, I don't know really anything about. Mm -hmm. um, I you know I haven't seen any of the Jessica Jones, okay. Iron Fist. I haven't seen any of the Netflix ones. Um, they were supposed to have. I can't remember which one it was, but you know the the, the group of teenagers with Squirrel Girl mm -hmm. and everybody. I, I don't think that's premiered yet. Right. They were making Cloak and Dagger, mm -hmm. I think on free form and if that one's been out i haven't seen that uh, so. i don't think it yeah, i'm not keeping yeah i'm not keeping good track right. so because there's so many like you said it's hard to and i wonder somewhat if that you know sort of dilutes the brand and, right. and also dilutes i mean the people who you know are, are capable of of running such a thing if they're all together is it going to be you know are they all spread too thin by having too many mm -hmm. things on at one time yeah, I wonder that too. How much is too much, I guess. Because that's, you know, I sort of felt that way about Pixar. You know, we talk about Pixar having mm -hmm. lost their mojo a little bit. I kind of felt like right. you know, when, when they were producing one every other year or whatever, mm -hmm. one movie every other year or every three years or every year even, like it wasn't as bad. You kind of had that brain trust going. Right. Um, but they sort of, seemed like they ran out of ideas and then it kind of felt like Pixar went off the rails a little bit when Disney bought them mm -hmm. and then Lasseter and Cutmore were involved with the Disney animation a little bit more right and, and we saw a resurgence there like the Disney animated studios became better but it kind of felt like 
Pixar stepped a little bit back. Mm -hmm. I think that there, there's just so much that you know you can do sometimes. Right. So, I think if there's anything about this Fox acquisition, it's it's kind of that. It's like, or how far are they straining themselves? You hear that they're going to cut a lot of jobs because there's redundancies, mm -hmm. and and that's great from a you know business standpoint, but right from a profit standpoint. A yeah, yeah, but it's a lot to take on too. Mm -hmm. Hmm. So I, I think if you start watching uh, Agents of Shield, you'll enjoy it better than the uh, the last season got kind of slow to me. I think the last couple of seasons really of Agents of Shield. So it, it's picking up this year, and they're they're doing well. That's good. Yeah. That's good to hear. I, I, I'm not not seeing it. It's just I don't know. If, I think when it was on Tuesdays and mm -hmm. we always put it on the DVR, we were able to watch it during the week. Right. Now that it's on Friday and we have it on the DVR, we don't necessarily get to it to the weekend mm -hmm. and then don't get to it. Right. Excuse me into the next week, so we're just a little behind. Yeah, that's okay. No, it's not okay. okay. I need to know. <laughs> well, I could tell you, you know, but it wouldn't be the same. So. <laughs> Fine, you tell me that, and I'll tell you all about Star Wars. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> when we were at our at one of our family Christmas dinners, my my brother in law wouldn't let anybody talk about it because we hadn't seen it. They had seen it before them, but but we hadn't seen it. My mom hadn't seen it, so it's like, no, we can't talk about it. I don't want them to know without seeing it. So, <laughs> okay, whatever. I was, you know, I've talked about this in the past, you know, Marvel movies, I try to read all the spoilers on mm -hmm. and then the Star Wars movies, I try not to read any because I always felt like, oh, I kind of have a handle on Star Wars. Mm -hmm. um, and I was glad not to have heard or, or read anything about any of the Star Wars stuff because there are secrety type of stuff that was really cool just to experience by watching. Mm -hmm. So I was glad to stay away from it. Um but it is interesting in a sense that I think that the problem with Star Wars a little bit, going back to it, is um, some of the stuff, some of the narrative, and that's what I was saying, that the narrative seemed off on this. Some of the narrative, I think, is picked up in some of the um, in-between stuff, the books that are written mm -hmm. and the, you know, at, you know, whatever, maybe if it's in rebels they've they've discussed this particular thing or or whatever but i kind of feel like here i kind of had a handle on star wars but i think there's so much stuff that they kind of put in between right to sort of build up backstories or explain things and i don't read all those books i don't know all the books i don't play the video games mm -hmm. i don't to the point where I kind of think that I'm missing references now in the Star Wars movies because they're not spelling it out. It's almost like you're supposed to come in with this knowledge already. Right. And that makes it a little tough. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know the Marvel stuff up front. I know that, so I try to learn about it right. going into the movies and maybe maybe I'll see a spoiler or two that I wish that I didn't see. Um but that's how I need to approach Marvel because I don't know all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But I'm starting to get that way with Star Wars too. I mean, I didn't, you know, have comics on all these characters, and they have all this, you know, backstory in these books, and and you know, they threw it when Disney bought Lucasfilm. You know, some of the stuff that they had written was now that's not part of the universe, mm -hmm. and this is the new part. And it's like, 
it's gotten a little confusing from that standpoint too. Yeah. And I don't know what I'm supposed to just know going in and what what doesn't really matter too. Yeah. 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 I mean, if I'm just watching the movies, spell it out to me in the movies. I shouldn't have to go and get this other information from an outside source, mm-hmm. I guess. And that's what I have enjoyed about the Marvel movies. I mean, there are references that I I go and get to make it, you know, to to fill me in, but I think from a standpoint, if I were to watch all the films, like it would all make sense from a cinematic standpoint. People complain, that's not how the character was in the comics. <laughs> and I don't know that because I didn't read the comics. But in the movies, like this character makes perfect sense in this role. So. Right. I'm getting that way with Star Wars. It's like, eh, I don't get it. What, what, what happened here? But that's kind of a leap or, you know, and it's like, well, it was in episode this of this Mm -hmm. and it's like oh well i didn't know yeah the spell it out for me the expanded universe or whatever they're calling it is almost too expanded it is a bit and and again and that's that's fine in a sense if you have somebody overseeing it Mm -hmm. but it almost does not seem like that's the way i I would have thought kathleen kennedy would have been the overseer and the purveyor or whatever but Mm -hmm. just seeing this approach between just these two films uh, I'm not. I'm not quite sure. They kind of need that. Yeah. I think they need somebody to be the glue to tie it all together. Much like we need somebody to be the glue <laughs> to tie our podcast all together. Yes. I'm kind of all over the place tonight. Uh, that's for yeah, sure. that's okay. <laughs> Just because we haven't been here in so long. That's. I think that's part it. Of what it yes, is. there's no too much, no rhythm, no flow, too much to cover, or too <laughs> too much information. No, yes, yes. We will post all the pertinent stuff on the website. You can come and read all about the stuff that we did not include in the podcast yes. there. And the Cor- correct pronunciations of names. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so any- anything else going on before we start to wrap up here? Uh, nothing of any major consequence, yeah. I-, I presume. Okay, yeah. I, I saw that it was, you, you mentioned the marathon weekend of Walt Disney World. I saw it was very cold there. Um, it looked like it was freezing yes. cold, yeah. I hate that for for the people that were there, especially the ones that go to Florida expecting it to be warm for their run in January. Um, it was, when I did the marathon in 2015, it was brisk. Mm-hmm. Um, felt good, but it was cool for, for Florida. Right. Um, when... We went last year for Dopey. It was really warm for the earlier races. And then we had the storm that canceled the half. Mm -hmm. And then it was freezing for the marathon. Uh, And then I guess this year it was just freezing for the 5K, 10K for sure. It looked like it was still very cold based on what pictures I saw of runners for the half. And then it looks like it it warmed up a bit. Mm -hmm. And when we say warm, we're talking running warm. Right. Uh, for for the marathon, but yeah, it looked like it was really cold. So, and that's that's always been our experience going in December. Is some years it's warm, and some years it's cold. Some years it's kind of in between. Some years you get a little bit of both. So, uh, people are under the impression sometimes that it's always warm in Florida, but they do have winter there too. So, uh, sometimes when you least expect it, I guess. Which I know I am just. I was going to say, I'm just bummed that uh, I, I'm not going to get to experience Ren Disney mm-hmm. this year. Um, With 
them having canceled all the races at Disneyland for presumably the next two years. Um, I I don't have plans to go to Walt Disney World to run any of their events. So I'd like to get back to run in uh, Paris. That would be fun. i got to figure out a way. That would be a lot of fun. Work on your plan there. Get it. Yeah. Yeah. I could go. That wouldn't be too hard. <laughs> right. I don't know if I want to go without Kathy and Chelsea. Yeah. Since it's during the school year, Kathy would Kathy would be fine having a sub for a week or whatever, but Chelsea still has perfect attendance through the middle of sixth grade. Uh, she she will not she will not give up any time. <laughs> even to go to Europe and Disneyland Paris and Right. I guess I guess that's good in a way. You're you're, you're teaching her the importance of going to school and not. Oh, not I'm not teaching well, her yes. that. Yes, she, is. <laughs> <laughs> she is she is self-taught when it comes to that. Yes, I think it is important. Yes. I, I like the perfect attendance that she is doing, but sometimes I think that there are, right. are times that stepping out of that would be okay. Mm-hmm. She's not gonna miss much but right nope she refuses if, if you have perfect good for her if you have perfect attendance then what you really accomplish by that is having perfect attendance and you know okay <laughs> which I had, a, I had a couple years in school of perfect okay. attendance and i wasn't sick much but mm-hmm. you know it was very rare but yeah i mean this kid doesn't get sick for anything man she's i am amazed seven years now she's wow. perfect attendance and it makes it a little hard because, you know, we have to schedule orthodontist appointments out of school. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, you know, they, they're not big fans of that. And it's like, right. look, the kid's not going to miss, you know. <laughs> we can't do some of this stuff. I, I almost had perfect attendance in high school. Ninth through 11th grade, I didn't miss any days. Wow. And then 12th grade, something got me, some kind of virus or something. So had a really, Se- really bad sen- cold. Senioritis. Well, uh, I wish, but <laughs> I, I, I was really sick. <laughs> Um, but uh-huh. sorry to hear only that. Only missed one day of ninth through twelfth grade, so that's my, wow. my claim. In eighth grade, I had the chicken pox, so I missed a week then. Um, that wasn't any fun at all. If you're if you're out there and are younger than eighth grade, go ahead and get the chicken pox while you can. Except they have the the vaccine for it now, so right. We missed out on that. I think I was preschool and I had chicken pox. Mm. Probably a better time to get it than eighth grade. Yes, I think so. <laughs> Based on my experience, yeah, it was it was kind of rough. Well, on that lively note, I guess we'll uh, go ahead and wrap things up. And uh, all right, Mister Future yes, or Mister Present, Mister Present. Well, future to you, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, thanks for joining us and for uh, sticking with us in our prolonged absence. And maybe we won't be so long in between episodes next time. And in the meantime, check out our website and Twitter and Facebook and uh, let us know what you think, if you think. If you don't think, then let us know that too, I guess. I don't know. Uh, and then we'll see you soon. See you in the future. Yes. Not in the past. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe in the present. Maybe. Yeah.